0: 2015-53 of Fergal the Freak. I'm that bloke from a League really perfect Anthony Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter, at Andrew RP. And joining me is a... Let's say.
1: On Twitter, at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well, Andrew. I don't know if you know this, but there was a game footy on today. Yeah, I did watch. I did watch. We fucking won it. Yeah.
0: You... You've uh, The Panthers got up over South, 14-12 in the grand final. Yep. And that means Penrith now the second best team in the comp. Congratulations. What the fuck did you just say? Well, you know, this year the West Tigers have outscored Penrith in the games they played, 42-36. to 36, So, obviously, Penrith aren't as good as the Tigers. So, they're the second best team in the comp. Man, it's on. a
1: pretty pretty good achievement. Let me get up way too close to the microphone to say this, Kay. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You shut your cunt mouth.
0: <laughs> can I just say now that I've yeah. got this grandfather bullshit out of the way, can we get back to having West Tigers bullshit <laughs> stories twenty four seven back in the media?
1: <laughs> I'm just looking forward to the next dude that they sign from like somewhere where you're not actually officially a player, you know? Yeah, they like, always some rugby union player. Yeah, yeah, probably. Hey. <laughs> they're due for another rugby union player. Remember Sam Harris? He was a good oh. sign. What a legend. Yeah. Um yeah, they always sign somebody that's like just out on parole or somebody that's currently like
0: they're we not to serve. Hard. We might sign
1: Jared Hain. Jeez. seriously. If they did, would you be shocked? No. <laughs> um man, it's it's weird. Uh I don't know what to say. It feels I didn't cry today. I did get a little bit teary, but I didn't cry like I did last week. But it feels like a continuation of last year. It all feels like one journey. Um, and it was a very tense game, like we talked about in our preview. And it wasn't over until it was over. And um, just really happy. And, and uh, I, I just can't believe it. 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 It was cool to see all those young players – you know, there was a lot of reasons why they could have lost. And there were a lot of people waiting to jump on a bandwagon that was like, oh, they're losers, they're chokers, blah, blah, blah. And they did it. They won. And it was really nice to see them all achieve what they'd really fought hard for. And I tell you what, Souths were so tough. They were so tough. Um, Yeah, and look, neither side gave
0: each other that many chances, but the chances they did give, generally, they they converted them, if not into points, into very good field position mm -hmm. that led to good sets, pressure, and then points. Um, The only one that didn't was the deciding points in the end. Yeah, Um, Souths were desperate, and they pushed a pass. Crichton was outnumbered two to one. So he did what a lot of wingers will do. They play the gap between the final two players and pray to fucking God, they don't throw a bloody high ball over the top. So you try and get the intercept and they did exactly what he wanted. And it was like, it was perfect. I was just out in front of him. It wasn't too hard to catch. He took it cleanly, Mm -hmm. raced away and scored. Um, did that
1: you was, think when that try was scored that yeah. that was that that still the match? I was just about to say that when he scored that try, it uh, I don't even know who I heard talking about it, it might have been somebody in the in the lead up to the game on the pregame. But you know, when when th- it, I it was like 2003 when things happened in 2003 and watching the 2003 grand final, you sort of thought, this is going our way, this is going our way, this is going our way. And it was, South had fought right back into it at that point. Penrith had the early going pretty well, and South, I thought, was starting to really get on top a little bit. And then when he took that, I was like, oh, man, I, th- I think things are going to go our way. I think we're going to win it. Um. So, yeah, it was... You know, and then South knew they had to chase that down, and against this Penrith defence, chasing down anything is is just a nightmare. So true. Um, I think, and
0: as we saw, South are the only team who had the had the ability to throw random stuff at this immense Panthers defence and get through it. Mm. I've not too many teams have been able to do that. Um, but I just want to have a look back at a few of the points scored. Um, but the for me, I I reckon Cody Walker's been hard done by for the uh, Clive Churchill medal. He was damn good. Um, that and, that first try that he yeah, scored. Yeah, uh, he saw that opportunity come two passes before he got the ball. It was I I say I say yo, he ran across. He overcommitted. Uh, on sliding towards the the, uh, sideline and Walker looped back around to create the extra man and then ran back in field where the gap was that yo created. But he made the whole defensive line think, yep, they're definitely going left. And then he comes back inside and found that one small gap that was there and shot through it. Um, That's a, that's a ballsy play and he pulled it off. Uh, Phenomenal. And then that try that he set up for, for Johnson in the end, I know it just looks like the same sort of try you see pretty much every week. But when the game's pretty much in the balance and you need to score, you've got to know when to hold that pass up for as long as possible to make sure your winger has every chance possible to score it. And he does that religiously well. Um, I thought he was... I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to say that he was the, you know not the best player on the field. I thought he was probably deserving of the Churchill medal. And
1: not, not to take anything away from Cleary. He played yeah. bloody brilliantly. But. Look, look, when it comes to the Churchill medal, I I didn't know. I just defaulted to Cleary. You know, I, I don't think you can pick any of the Panthers players that stood out. I thought that they were all pretty outstanding. I thought that Crichton might have got it. You know, he was very good in the game. You did um, want to give it to Edwards? No way, no I didn't. <laughs> he he almost had a poor carriage performance. Um you just waited for it sometimes. Oh the pressure's yeah. on. Kick it to Edwards. <laughs> yeah, he was outplayed by a rookie. You know. Yeah. Um and and he doesn't worry anyone in attack. Just no one. Doesn't worry anyone. No. I could tackle Edwards. Um but yeah, look, Walker was great. That intercept look, you, you shoot your shots and sometimes you miss, you know, and he's a great, great player. It was one of those games where Souths knew they had to do something to crack Penrith and it just went the other way. You know, sometimes that happens. Um, But yeah, for the Clive Churchill medal, look, it was really difficult. I thought that, um, uh, I thought that Yao might've got it, you know, there was, there wasn't much between any of the players on the field. I thought I most of the players were like within five percent of each other.
0: Yeah, it was all pretty damn
1: close. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't look. They gave it to Cleary. His kicking game once again was just outstanding. His thing, defense. Everybody knows that's going to happen,
0: and I'm I'm surprised that the South defense let him have so much space because mm-hmm. I feel that was the deciding factor. Mm-hmm. There was what two or three sets in there. When Cleary went a bit wider on the last, it's usually a good sign that he's going to run. And the defense saw that, and they rushed up on him and shut him down pretty fast. And he had to throw rushed passes, and there was just Panthers players just standing around going, "Um, why didn't he kick the ball? Yes. And I just wondered why they hadn't been trying to rush him a little bit more often during the game. I, I know you. I know your marker can't get up on him because usually the the bloke playing the ball for the Panthers is enough to prevent the markers from getting across to Cleary. But surely someone's going to jump out of the line and at least run up on him and put some pressure on him,
1: just make him think, make him hesitate. Teams always find that difficult, and part of me thinks that maybe he's just really good at at, at finding the right amount of space for himself to work in and oh, get that kick. You know, he and, is
0: no doubt. Yeah, and that that's what what sets him free but you'd think when you're in a grand final you would find a way to try and you know focus on that and try and shut him down a little bit not all the time but just a few times to make him sort of realize that he can't have it all his own way but he kind of did all game and Mm -hmm. the the kick pressure that the panthers put on um you know the the back three whenever they're under the high ball
1: was immense Mm -hmm. that was so huge yeah, it was, uh, and, and that's one of their things. They're just so frustrating to play against. You know, Yeah, you, you, South, South was so tough in this game, and they were getting it out of their own half for most of the game. And it's credit that they scored as many points as they did um, because Penrith just, when they're on, they strangle teams to death. And, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm going to be biased. But what do you think about, this Panthers team like and how good they actually are In, they're not a great attack inside. there's no doubt about that
2: but I defensively don't think, I, 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 don't
1: think I don't think they're attacks that bad to be honest um, I just think
0: last year they were defensively brilliant as well but no one was talking about that this year people have gone yeah this Panthers side is a pretty good defensively they have been for two years mm-hmm. but how are you only just picking up on this now Mm-hmm. Is it just because they kept Melbourne to a low score? No, have a look. They've been doing the same things this year as they did last year, just better. Mm. Um, attack-wise, I think, they're still very strong. They What they did is they, I think during this final series, um, Ivan Cleary said, right, what we're going to do is just frustrate teams with our immense defence. Let's not try trick shots all the time and, and running around everywhere, throwing crazy passes and doing all sort of stuff. It, sure, it wins us games, but if we're doing that, sometimes we're going to gas ourselves and there's a chance that we might be a little bit tight at the end of a game. So yeah. they're conservative in attack, pulling out the trick shots when the risk factor is at its lowest uh, as far as turning the ball over. Um, and so they're the, the finding a good balance. Um and just, you're not going to like this, but there's a, there's an awful bit, lot of the um, 2016 Sharks grinding nature about the way the Panthers played the finals this year. Mm-hmm. It was all built on defense only, defending yeah. in pairs and defending in a straight line. Um, it just frustrates other teams' attacks. It doesn't matter what's going on with the rules. They just find it hard to get through it. Um, and you have to be on your... Just on the game, the whole time, the whole eighty minutes, to find that one or two small opportunities that will arise, and South found the two major ones. This, you know, in this game, that mm-hmm. have had to be for a straight pass. They've won the grand final.
1: Yeah. Do you reckon that this is the best defensive team you've seen? Um. Oh, geez,
0: it's. I'll put it. Like, it it's one of the top three. Yeah. Like I haven't given it, I haven't given it much thought, but I haven't, I can't think of too many that have been better. Um, they will go down the record books as having one of the best defensive records over the course of a season,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and there are some bloody damn good defensive sides, especially in those those early twenty years. Um, there sometimes there that would, you know, they hardly let any points in at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, I. I don't think there's been a better defensive team in the
1: NRL era. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Yeah. Cause like I, I watch them and it's not even going by points per game. Right. But I just watch the way they, they wrap the ball player up and it's, you know, we've seen teams wrap the ball up, but they wrap the entire ball player up. They don't let too many offloads. And th- the line just is always immaculate. It, it's, It's just incredible that they've got the stamina to do that for 80 minutes. And because they've got such depth off the bench, you don't get a reprieve. You know, you don't don't look and say, oh, thank God Fisher Harris is going off. Now we'll at least be able to make some meters. It just doesn't work like that with them. And I think that that's one of the things about them. It's just unrelenting. And like looking at their finals run, they got beaten by Souths they completely strangled the to the eels to death. They kind of did the, a similar thing to the storm who were, you know, statistically the best attacking team we've seen. Although I, I do think that we've both said that's a lot to do with the the rule set there. I don't think either of us would say they're honestly one of the great attacking teams of all time. Um, And then to, to come back and beat Souths in the grand final, it's, Damn, it's a, a bloody good run, and when you add it to their run over the last couple of seasons, and even the season before, they were pretty good. Um, man, it, it's a pretty immense it's a pretty immense achievement, especially for a team this damn young. Like they're so damn young, it's ridiculous. They shouldn't be they shouldn't have the metal that they do for a team that's this young. You know, this uh, they look like a veteran team.
0: Yeah, they definitely are a very young team. I mean, the average age of this team is twenty four point four five years old, and hmm. um, not one of them, not one of them's over the age of thirty. They're actually the youngest team to win a premiership since the two thousand six Broncos, and they were twenty four point three five years old.
1: Oh wow, it, it's interesting because that Broncos team uh, didn't really go on to be a dynasty or anything like that, did they? No they had a
0: fair few teenagers there. So they had Dave Taylor and Joel Moon, both 18 years old, um, 19 year olds, Darius Boyd, Greg Eastwood, Steve Michaels, Carmichael Hunt, you know, a couple of 21 year olds, Sam Sido, Neville Cossigan, Ben Hannon, Ian Lacey. Um, and then there's a few 22s and 23s. The only old sort of heads I had there, Darren Lockie was 29. Um, the legendary Scott Minto was 28. <laughs> um, Shane Perry, 29, Sivina Siva and Tony Carroll, 30, Brad Thorne, 31, and Shane
1: Webke was 32. I tell you what, something about Scott Minto, he was 28, but he didn't look a day over 47. Impressive. Yeah.
0: Impressive. yeah. Um, Even more impressive. I mean, he played 53 first grade games. I'm surprised
1: by that. <laughs> it's interesting because a lot of them players that you named, the younger players, Quite a few of them, that was probably the peak of their career, weirdly enough. Like, Dave Taylor never really got better. In fact, he got worse. Neville Costigan didn't really get better. Um, Carmichael Hunt got better, but then he was gone not too long after that.
0: He he, Look, he became a fan of coffee, and that that sort of ruined him. And then he went and played AFL and realized that was a shit sport. So then he went and played Rugby Union and realized that, you know, He's just making bad decision after bad decision at that stage. (laughs) And then decided to come back to the, you know, worst team last year. He's just, poor
1: bugger. He got confused and didn't know how to make good decisions anymore. It's it's a funny one. You know, I know in 2003, because that Panther side, they did have quite a few veterans in it, but they did have a very young core of players. And I remember thinking this team's going to be good for quite some time. I think one of the things that hurt them is the game, the game's rules changed a little bit on them. And so that hurt them a bit, but the way that they handled their salary cap was abysmal. So that team like broke up really, really quickly. Um, This team, it feels like it's going to be together for some time. And, you know, they've made two grand finals in a row. Now they've won one of them. I, I don't, I worry about what this style of play does to them long-term, but it's more their forwards. You know, their backs should be fine and be able to cope with how they're playing. And their junior base just produces talent. It's crazy how it produces talent. So it's going to be interesting to see over the next few years. Like, say we say the next five years, what do you think is the marker for the Panthers just making grand finals? Like, if I said the... If I said, would you bet a hundred bucks that they'll make three grand finals? What would you say?
0: Mm, see, I'm inclined to take the safe option and say two, only oh, because it's, yes. it's, bloody oh, it's bloody hard work. It's bloody hard work into a grand final, even for a team young and with so much cohesion as this side. I'd be, I would not at all be surprised if they made three or four grand finals in the next five years. Mm-hmm. But I think two is just a safe option. I agree. Um, the only, the only issue they're going to have in the next five years is hooker because Coruscant is the second-oldest player on the side. That's it's not that big of a problem but, because he's actually just 28 years old. Mm-hmm. But they don't really have a fallback guy to go to. Like Their the next option for hooker at the moment is kind of makeshift. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to get themselves a good, young, genuine nine and probably even have him on a rotating um, sort of system with chorus How. That's, that's all they've got to work on. I don't think there's a great deal anything else that they need to worry about because most of their older guys have been sort of bench players or fringe first graders. So Matt Eisenhuth is the oldest player they've and He's
2: 29.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Scott Soreson and Kirk Capewell, both 28. And then you've got – Yo and Kikau and Leota, twenty six. This core, the core of this side, is staying together for yeah at least five years if they want to. Yeah, and, and that's that's impressive.
1: Yeah, and it, they, I think that there's very few teams you see where they would they would try and stay together because they've known each other for years. Like they've played football longer together than their first grade careers have been. They've been playing footy together since old kids yeah so i i could see where this team is going to take a little bit less to stick together um and they've got so much depth in the forwards that like they'll lose capewell at the end of this year obviously cuz he's going to the the broncos but they they'll cover that you know they'll lose matt burton uh and naden but they'll cover those I, I it's just it's crazy to think that this team is so young and it could be the team. It's at least going to be one of the two or three teams to beat for the next five years barring, you know, catastrophic injuries.
0: Yeah, that's right. I mean,
1: the other thing that's not really been spoken
0: about much is the fact that 23 year old um, Nathan Cleary, he's almost 24, Hmm. has already scored a thousand career points. Uh, at what age do you reckon he surpasses Cameron Smith's total? Because let's be honest, at this rate, it's a given.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think at, at his age, the way he he controls this team, his kicking game is, I mean, it's in that top echelon all time, I think it's fair to say at this point. I think he probably needs to add those little trick shots in around the post, and we've seen him develop in them. And normally that happens when a player's, you know, 28, 29, and they've had many more years under their belt. They're coming um, into the peak of their career is what you're getting out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's physically a, a – a pretty stable sort of player. I mean, he he even hurt his shoulder, he played through that just fine. It you know, a lot of people were saying, "Oh, his shoulder, his shoulder, not once did it seem to be a problem for him. He's going to have off off-season surgery on that and he played through that just fine. Um you know, it, it's it's incredible to think where he will be just in 5 years time. So man, it's a it's a pretty bright future for this club and I I try not to look at it from a fan's point of view as much because, you know, you start thinking, oh, we'll win seven premierships and stuff like <laughs> this if you do that. But I think that uh, at the very least for the next five years, they're going to be one of the harder teams to beat.
0: Yeah, that's right. And and rightfully so. You
1: know, they've, they've made all the right moves. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: very impressive squad. I'm wondering if last week's game against Melbourne – was a changing of the guard moment. We haven't had too many of them in rugby league history. There was one in the uh, early 50s Mm -hmm. when St. George beat South. Um, That was a period when South were winning a ton of premierships in a row before the Dragons got in and started their run of 11 straight. So that was a genuine passing of the torch sort of moment there. Hasn't been too many of, of them though since because no one's been able to build any sort of um, genuine dynasty or dynasty, however you want to pronounce it, um, since then. But the, this Melbourne Storm has been a, a bit of a constant. Yeah. And I'm wondering if now that, now that the big three are all gone that were the the backbone of that and they didn't get to the grand final this year without them, was that semi-final last week? Was that the...
1: Is that the passing of the baton, so to speak? That sounds like the quote that you say just before the storm have an undefeated season. Hey,
0: well,
1: I mean that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is this is the moment where we go into round one and we say the storm have named a couple of wingers never heard about. Who's this fullback never heard about? And they just all happen to be playing for Australia by the end of the year. <laughs> so. Cameron must have had a really
0: bad like, year last year. Uh, let's just uh, let's just be honest. He's done. And then he comes out <laughs> next year and golden boot, Dally M. He makes <laughs> makes Tom Troboyovich season this year look like he, you know, fucking tiddlywinks. Craig Bellamy, car
1: coach. Yeah. <laughs> comes out undefeated. First team to do it since nineteen fifty nine. One of the cool things I think for this Panthers run is that they are losing to the storm in last year's grand final. And there really was this thing of like, you have this super experienced team that they come up against and they just couldn't do it. And then this year they kind of beat the storm in a really storm style of game where the first team to blink loses. Mm. And it was the storm that did it. And, you know, this last three games that the Panthers have played in the finals of, I mean, Not many teams have had three games like this in the finals that the Panthers have had, you know. That's right. And to have won them all,
0: uh, insane. Yeah. Just looking through their list here. They had twice this year they conceded 20 points or more. That's it. Yep. 37 against Melbourne in round 20 and 26 against, you know, the champion West Tiger side. <laughs> what more can you say? Does, um, uh, I, I
1: like, is there some sort of compensation that the West Tigers get? Because Cleary, I mean, Cleary would have almost still been under contract with them, I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I assume
0: Potatoes probably are CNRL if, you know, how's about we have a bit of a, a deal here? Given that Obviously, Penrith were not good enough to outdo the Tigers for the year. Um, maybe the Tigers can have the Gilton and Shield. <laughs> like, Melbourne obviously didn't want it because they were shit in the final. So, fuck them. Take it off them. Tigers get it. And that can be recognition of the fact that Penrith struggled to be better than the all year.
1: They could put it in one of their demountables. It would be nice. Yeah. I'm sure they've still got... Some They they've
0: got two trophies. The, the what was the World Sevens? Yeah. Which from two thousand and three or four? One of those
1: two. I thought it was earlier than that. I thought it was like nah. ninety six.
0: No, no, God, no. They had two thousand three or two thousand four was one of those two years. I think it might have been two thousand and three.
2: Okay.
0: They got the, the sevens there when it first came back, briefly. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Then obviously the premiership, and then fuck all. Um, (laughs) Prior to that, I think, I think, I think they won the the sevens in the eighties or nineties. They won a midweek cup in there somewhere as well, but that was about it. I don't
1: remember that one. Hmm. The uh, speaking of winner trophies, yeah. What does where does what does this do for the Panthers club? In a historic sense, because I'm not going to pretend that they're winning trophies like, you know, it's medals in the swimming in the Olympics where everyone gets one. But to have won in the 90s, to have won in the 2000s, is now to win in 2021. That's a pretty fair achievement. That shows, a, you know, a, you didn't just have one good era. That's three good eras. Um, Well wouldn't
0: say ears because they didn't really follow on from the previous two. The first one yeah. was tricky because they had the squad to do it, but unfortunate circumstances decimated that club, mm-hmm. you know, um, the passing of Ben Alexander. So that, that was massive and that, you know, that brought that club to its knees as far as on field results went. They're still competitive in 92, mm-hmm. but you know, that that's too much to overcome, and you know Brisbane were building at a far greater rate of knots. I'm mm. not even sure if Penrith had been able to stay um, as competitive as they were in '91. I'm not sure if they could have been good enough to keep that Brisbane side at bay. Mm. But they may may very well have, but it would have been a very close contest. It almost it, feels like two separate eras, doesn't it? It does. It's hard to believe that was just a year apart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, even when they got a chance to sort of, you know, recover from what had happened there and start rebuilding and move forward, the whole super league war just distracted everyone and, and just fucked all everyone around and yeah. stopped all the progression. Every team was making all the developments everyone was doing. Cause everyone was just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. And then, 2003 just sort of came up out of nowhere and then kind of like the West Tigers on 05, it was just sort of, oh, that was a nice moment. Yeah. And then nothing happened for ages. And then another one comes up, you know, oh, this is right. Let's, I think the difference this time around is instead of having, you know, largely a core of players who are experienced, I'm going to say experienced, I mean, you know, they're in their mid to late 20s or getting into their 30s. Mm. this squad is largely under the age of 26. Yeah. So they've got easy five, six years to play together if they all agree to stay there and get better. That's the thing. They've all got improvement in them. They're not at their peak. No. That's still to come. That's the impressive part here. And I think that's what's different. And there's not many teams that have been similar to this. I think the... The 2005 West Tigers had a similar breakdown of ages. I think they might have had one player who was 30 years old, Mm -hmm. um, which is one more than what Penrith had. But the rest of it were about the same. The average West Tigers team age in 05 was 24.55. Penrith is 24.45 this year. So similar makeup. Um, But I think... um, Penrith's obviously got a lot better pathways behind it to try and ensure that they stay in this moment and they remain one of the heavyweights, not just for the next two or three years, but for a long time coming. And that's the difference compared to the previous two premiership winning sides, in my view.
1: Yeah, I guess what I mean is, I guess what I meant with, like, different eras, like, like, you look at the Knights in the late 90s, you can rack up their two premiership victories to a, a, a core of players that were kind of together for a little bit, you know? Mm. Whereas the three Panthers premierships, they're, they're three distinct teams. There was no overlap, really, between those teams at all. No, the the first one was full of absolute legends. Mm. Um,
0: I barely know of anyone who was in the 2003 side. Yeah. <laughs> And this side has got a ton of future champions in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the the ability of the team to um, do it three different times, three completely different times, like that's that's something that's pretty special as well for me. Um, and, and you know, as you say, this team's, if they stay together, they're going to be really hard to beat for a while. And look, I... Nathan Cleary should still be a pretty bloody good player in 10 years from now. He'll be a veteran. He'll be towards the end of his career, but then he's going to be. Yeah. He'll be 32, he'll
0: be, 33. I reckon he's probably. I reckon there's a fair chance he might
1: decide to be the first player to do 20 seasons. Well, if you look at, say, a Cameron Smith, right, and he was able to do it, and you look at the natural progression of how long certain players' careers can go for. Like, once upon a time, you hit 30, you were done, you know? Yeah, now well, that number seem, seems like it's a little bit higher for certain players. Like, you look at a Benji Marshall. He's still a good player, you know? There's been a lot of players that we've seen in the last even 10 years where they've been able to play closer to their 40s than their 30s.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people don't realise this, but someone like Wayne Pierce I'm thinking he was very close to 29 or 30 years old when he retired. And, and he's re- he's known as being one of the fittest
1: players to ever play the game. Mm. And the classic one is Reg Gasnier. I think he was 27 when he retired. Yeah, well, 20,
0: I think he might have just turned 29. Because I, I think I heard something along the lines that he and Mark were about the same age when they retired. Oh, really? Just that. But yeah, Wayne, Wayne Pierce was thirty in nineteen ninety, his last season.
1: Like, how old was Peter Sterling when he retired? I feel like he would have been like thirty-one, maybe. Uh, Goes
0: near yeah, twenty-eight when he retired. Oh, okay. Between the two of us, Sterling. Yeah, that, that poor bugger. I mean, he's, his uh shoulders just gave in on him. Yeah. He had a pretty long career though. Was it fourteen, fifteen seasons? Because he and, played one game in '91, then just three games
1: in '92. Yeah, I mean, he. When you think of all of the, the long, final series he played as well, like that was a meat grinder he went through. So, so he he was thirty two when he retired. Thirty two. Okay. Brett Kenny was
0: thirty one in nineteen ninety two. Okay. That's the thing. You think of these players, you go, oh, you know, Brett Kenny in ninety ninety two. He was getting on by then.
1: Yeah, he's 31. Spring chicken. He's well, just that's the, peak. well, that's <laughs> the thing. Like, these players used to be, like, Brett Kenny was an old man yes. when he retired, you know? And, th- I mean, the 31 year old now, like, you look at Adam Reynolds, he got a long term contract from the Broncos. At, like, you look at Cameron Smith, he played until he was, like, 39 or something like that. 38, 39. Yeah. Um, Paul Gallum as well. Yeah. Asterisk. Um And <laughs> asterix? What on hey. earth for? <laughs> Just saying. Um, <laughs> I think Steve Menz, he's played until he was 41 over in England. Oh, in, for the Catalan Dragons, anyway. Has he stopped playing? Yeah, I think he's, yeah, he's stopped playing a couple of years ago, I'm pretty oh. sure. James Malone, he's, like, 43. <laughs> how good? How good is that
0: bloke, though? Seriously, I mean, he's just got another team to a premiership decider.
1: Yeah, it, it's uh it's crazy. Hey, it's it's just insane how he goes places and he makes them better. Look, at when he went to Penrith, he made us better, and I think that there's a big. He definitely took us from being like we had some handy players to we're in the race. And, and we didn't get close to winning the, the premiership when he was here, but we got into the race with him, and that, that was a big step. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: That's um, the thing. He's going to be one of those players that will not be remembered as being as great as he actually is, mm.
1: which is a bit disappointing, but uh, yeah, brilliant player. Yeah, he is. We should watch that game live next week, hey? The
0: Super League Grand Final?
1: Yeah. I'm definitely keen to do that. Okay, I'd be keen to do it. I'm willing to augment my timeline to watch that game.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll uh, we'll have to stay up late for that one.
1: Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, what time would that kick off? Oh, I don't know. Probably midnight. You reckon? I hope it's not a 6 a.m. kickoff. That would suck. If we it's would a 6 a.m., I might a, find that. Let's have a look. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> If it's the 6 a.m. kickoff, I'm out.
0: (laughs) Likewise, because fuck that, I'm asleep then.
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's one of the four hours where I'm asleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the, feels like, seven and a half hours where I'm lying in bed trying to sleep. (laughs)
0: Let's have a look. It'll be on in three hours from now. It's going to be about
1: a 4 p.m. kickoff, a 4 a.m. kickoff. That's a rough one. Fuck that. Yeah, we might not be able to do that. You know, uh, it would be cool for the Panthers to invite the Catalan Dragons over if they want to play the World Club Challenge. I wouldn't want the Panthers to go over there. And I would want it to be the, you know, the last game leading into the NRL season. Otherwise, all bets are off because I I don't care about the World Club Challenge one bit. You know, the Panthers are the best team in the world. We know that. Penrith should genuinely just
0: let a bunch of the young guys have that have that experience, mm. and let Catalans win, just so the Catalans can go, hey Saints, like this World Club Challenge thing—it's a piece of piss. Like, why do you keep losing all the time? <laughs> yeah, you know, we're now the best team in the world. You were just chumps. That'd that's going well, wouldn't it?
1: That's a bit rough. To be rough. Just because James Graham has. Like so many runners-up medals, that's that's really rough, Andrew. He loves them. He does. He does. I heard him on the radio today. Yeah. Um. When I was going out, I bought I bought a hundred dollars worth of alcohol, right? And I reckon I drank maybe nine bucks worth of it. I got I got
0: excited. (laughs) You you're pacing yourself. Yeah. 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 You've got a whole week of celebrations ahead of you.
1: I do. I do. Um, but yeah, I heard him on the radio, like giving his thoughts on the game. And it was just weird to think that like, you hear this guy and he's talking calm about the game. And it's like, this is a guy that tried to bite Billy Slater in a grand yeah. final and didn't just try and bite him, like searched him out and like was going like at him with his open mouth to bite him. It was really. That's sh- right. Yeah.
0: He was, he was keen on having
1: main course. Mm. mm. Yeah. Fuck
0: entree. I'm not here to fuck spiders. I'm here to have a feed. I got to say, I love fucking James Graham as a player. That was a grubby thing, but I I did quite enjoy watching him play. I did. You don't too. get you don't get too many prop
1: forwards so you can enjoy watching him play, but he was for me he was one of them. Look, any day you can get somebody over from England that's half-translucent, looks like Fat Prince Harry and covers himself in Vaseline because he thinks it'll get one over his opponents. Oh, that's retro. You've got to love that. Yeah, you do. you got to love it. Um, now, the Rabideaus. The Rabideaus lose Adam Reynolds. They lose Wayne Bennett. They're going to get Latrell Mitchell back. Um, what do we think about them? Like, Has their window closed? I don't think it has fully yet. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, not so long as you've got Cody Walker in that side, mm-hmm. he is so important to them. But he's not slowing down. He's not getting worse. Um, if anything, he's gone the other way. He's getting better. So I still think they've probably got another three, at least another three seasons in them, where they're going to be one of the top four or five teams, and cap- sorry, excuse me, they're still capable of of um, you know potentially winning a premiership in there somewhere. So I th- I don't think their window is shut, mm-hmm. but I do worry about um, what they're going to look like in five years' time because I think a lot of the squad they've got at the moment will have moved on, and I'm not too sure what they've got coming through in the juniors behind that. A lot of there's going to be a lot of pressure on their new coach um, to to make that transition as quickly as possible so that when when the current crops start moving on, uh, he's got a bunch of really good players coming through, and they're all they've got that bit of experience and they're ready to go uh, to keep that momentum going that they've created now. Because that was the problem after twenty fourteen they they struggled to keep that momentum going. Yeah, they didn't they weren't crap, but I think they've missed the finals just the year after or um, well, two years later, something like that. So. They want to try and make sure that at their worst-case scenario now is that they keep making at least top six every year while they start bringing through new players
1: and, and getting them in there because um, I think that's that's key for them. I think the other big question for them is what what happens with Benji Marshall? Because if he does, decides not to retire, I feel as though the thing for South would be to say to Benji, it was fantastic having you here. You did the exact job we wanted you to do, but we need to look towards our future, as you said. And I think that keeping him there in that role that he's in, I think that that delays that future that they've got to work towards. But in that case, then when does, where does Benji Marshall go? And like I know we've talked about this before, that he would be perfect for a team like the Eels just to be an option. Um, and, and, you know, see to see him go somewhere – where they've got a pretty good team and it would just be a handy option to have. Like I don't think anyone's going to sign him as a full-time 58 or half back or anything like that, but the role that he's got off the bench, I think there are a few teams that would find him a handy player in that role. Yeah. I I I wouldn't
0: be surprised if bench cause it quits at the end of this season. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't think there's a great deal of options available to him Mm -hmm. because fairly certain he doesn't want to leave Sydney. Um, And he looks like he's starting to build a pretty decent um, media profile for himself already. Mm -hmm. And that's all going to be based in Sydney as well. So uh, I know he's got a young family. So I I don't think he's going to want to move. And I don't think there's any Sydney clubs that genuinely want – uh, well, not say want. They're not. They're generally not going to need his services. So I, it, I think he's going to struggle to find a
1: team. The only thing I could see with him is if, and, and I'm biased, but if a team like the Panthers say to him, "Look, we're looking for somebody that'll be around during Origin. That is just an experienced head that can maybe come in and help some of our younger players." not necessarily in the first grade team, but uh, more their junior players and, and be a mentor along those lines. But then say to him, this is a role that we would want him to continue going forward after his playing career. And maybe say to him, look, you know, we're a Western Sydney club. We could use you on the field this next, this next year coming up at points, but we would love you to be some sort of, uh ambassador for the game going forward at the Panthers which is something that really had hoped that the West Tigers would be saying to him as well but I think yeah. that the Panthers could offer him kind of a a package sort of thing which I, I think would be good for the Panthers I'm like and I could even see where later on in the season they keep him on the bench in sort of that Tyrone May role where he just comes on as a playmaker and where Tyron May gets in the way and stops everything, I could see where Benji Marshall could add a bit of a wrinkle to their attack, which would be a little bit scary at times if he if he still had it.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's uh... me, me personally. I'd just like to see him play four more games just to get to three fifty. That would be cool because I don't think anyone. I mean, I don't think anyone would have thought he'd get to three hundred NRL games. They learned to be pushing three hundred and fifty, and I don't think it's right that he has to sit behind that whinging prick Corey Parker (laughs) (laughs) and Paul Gallen. He should be ahead of those on the on the you know most games playlists. He he deserves to be ahead of them. I agree. I agree. he's, He's bludged through some horrible seasons. The least we can do is let him have 350 in a games. So let him go to whatever club he wants. Let him go to four different clubs. <laughs> and he can play one game for each of them and just get match payments.
1: till he gets what the reckon,
0: 350.
1: What do you reckon Benji would do if he got a call from Craig Bellamy? I know he would like to stay in Sydney. But if Craig Bellamy said to him, listen, I want you for 10 games next year. Just be physically ready for 10 games. I know you have got the experience. I, and I I know I don't have to worry about whether you can do the job, but I just want you ready for ten games. Fly down here, you know, midweek.
0: I reckon he'd probably take it.
1: Yeah, so do I. Who
0: who wouldn't? Yeah. I mean, not many people can say that they've been coached by Tim Sheens, Craig Bellamy, Wayne Bennett. Yeah. True. True. So you give it to- a Put all those there. And then amongst all of those those three great coaches, you can also say, you know, I was also coached by some some real Muppets as well. <laughs> Mix it up a bit. Paul McGregor. Um what else do you have?
1: Mick Potter. Uh Is
0: it, yeah, was, Mick Potter. Yeah. Did he have Jason Taylor? I think he did. I think he did, no, yeah. No, he missed he missed the uh Mr. Jason Taylor, yes. Did so he, he really? A, yes, he had Ivan Cleary. Okay. Michael McGuire. Wayne Bennett like, at two different clubs.
1: I feel like the Jason Taylor period in your head is way longer than it was in reality, hey? Yeah,
0: I'm pretty sure it lasted 17 years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, when that started, Robbie Farrow was a sprightly young 19-year-old. No, <laughs> and when it ended, I'm sure he was like this... <laughs> <laughs> Withering old 36 year old man <laughs> 17, um, 17 years seems about legit
1: We haven't talked about it yet How about Ivan Cleary Starts his career off at the Warriors Turns them into something Um, And you wondered when he left them Whether Like he made that move to Penrith And it, it seemed like a good move And then Phil Gould said he was tired And sacked him I don't know <laughs> why I still I don't understand that. Oh. And uh, you kind of wondered if it was all a bit of a mirage, if it was just a moment that he captured at the Warriors, which has happened. Like Daniel Anderson's another one. that He's kind of captured a moment at the Warriors. Um, but then he come back to Penrith when Phil Gould got rid of Anthony Griffin and quickly reestablished himself and they got rid of Phil Gould pretty quickly, which I thought was a sign that the power had shifted at Penrith. Um, yeah. Now, now he's a premiership winner and even more so he's a premiership winner over Wayne Bennett, which I think carries a little bit of something, you know? Um, I
0: was actually going to ask, does this now mean that um he's now a better coach than Brian Smith? Uh, uh, that's a good question. You know how Brian, it was it a week or two ago that I kept going on about Brian Smith all the time and how he was crap because he never won a title, even though he did so much amazing stuff.
1: Yeah, that's a real because Brian Smith was good with the uh, like Brian Smith, people don't realise he had a really good coaching career before he got to the Dragons. You know? And Absolutely. and then those those Dragons teams ran into a Broncos team, which as we just said, unbelievable Broncos team.
2: Yeah.
1: Um and then he left them and built something at Parramatta, which at the time is crazy because Parramatta were nothing when he got there. Um, you know, I think Brian Smith was just unlucky.
0: Oh, absolutely was. Absolutely was. Um, I think he's horribly underrated as a coach.
1: If Michael Hagan was lucky, Brian Smith was exactly the same amount of unlucky. <laughs> Plus one. Yeah. Like if Brian Smith, I think it's fair to say, probably the best coach to never win a premiership. Yeah, I'm willing to go with that. Who would we say is the best coach since in the modern era, the 10 meter era? Who was the worst coach to win a premiership? Ooh. That's a good one. Paul Green. That takes some beating. I'd, t- because... I'd take Paul Green over Michael Michael Hagan.
0: Oh, gee, I don't
1: know. I don't know. There's, there's very little
0: between them. But Paul Green had zero imagination in attack and struggled to create a cohesive defensive unit. It,
1: it, and the thing about it is that once he lost Thurston... Yeah. You know, that, that's... Hit he Thurston. realized that
0: Thurston helped um Tom Malolo's game. And mm-hmm. when he lost Thurston, he kind of lost some of that impetus that Tomalolo had. And he had no idea how to build a game plan on it. And so he started leaning on Michael McGuire, who was doing a pretty good job. But he then gets injured. It's so yeah.
1: like, okay, now, now he's stuffed. And there, there's something to be said too about a coach that, and and like, I don't put this on the Cowboys organization, weirdly enough. I put it on Paul Green wow. that that hit that team was just kind of left to rot away because he had a team that he knew had premiership credentials for a couple of years there. But then there was a point where it was like he needs to add something to this and he didn't. And it just sort of faded into the nothingness. Yeah, yeah, it's uh... that's not a good sign. No, that's not a good sign. Um,
0: there is another elephant in the room that we haven't discussed in in that list.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: Matthew Elliott. Yeah, but he hasn't won a premiership. Well, you know, in his in his mind, he might have done. Yeah, the, but the, who knows the,
1: what the, what is controlling his mind at the time? The tea leaves title. Do you reckon Matthew Elliott tonight turned to someone and said? I told them to sign that young bloke. It's part of my premiership. No, but I reckon Phil Gould did. Oh, I did. Were you <laughs> listening to Channel Nine? <laughs> yes. Oh, it was rough. But it, and there also, was a moment
0: they, there where there was just one basic rule, which has been in the rule for a while, where if you don't play at the ball when you're tackling someone who's kicking the ball, then it's, it doesn't count as coming off you. It's, only, it's been the rule since a long time. Yeah. Pretty sure it was the rule when Phil Gould was playing and he just called it stupid seven, eight, nine times. And Joey, who's got no idea how to think for himself, just started saying stupid randomly, like Brick Tamlin on Anchorman just starts chiming in with random words. He just copies Phil Gould because that's what he says.
1: Loud noises! Penrith got the ball back from that. They went through a set of six. Forced a line dropout by Souths, got the ball back, and when they, they got the ball back on that line dropout, they were still going on about how stupid yeah. the rule is. I
0: yeah. kept saying stupid over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. And when they couldn't think of anything, they just said the word stupid. And then there was a moment in the game early on where uh, Jai Arrow runs on, and in the first minute, he starts losing the ball as he's fallen to the ground and kick out comes in to cover up the tackle and kick out clips the top of his head. Yes. He was maybe a foot off the ground. It was one of those acting accidents. Yeah. He was put on his arms were down low. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was literally maybe a foot off the ground. Well, it was one of those accidents was put on report, which is what should happen. Right. A similar thing then happens later on in the match and Phil Gould And Andrew Johns are blowing up about it saying in every other game this would have been 10 in the bin this should be a penalty what's going on here it's like the same thing happened in the same game and you left it you didn't care about it (laughs) it was so silly it was their their commentary on channel nine has been absolutely atrocious and getting worse and like people were saying that uh Phil Gould is biased towards the Panthers in games that the Panthers play. And I can tell you he's a Panthers fan. I don't sit there going, "Ooh, he's on our side." All I think is, "My god, I wish he would shut the fuck up." Yeah, look, I think last week I think there was the, I think the
0: cause for him being a bit biased towards Panthers were obvious, mm. but in the grand final, no, nah, he, he he got rid of all of that. Mm. He just replaced it with saying stupid a lot. <laughs> um, he then made a bit of a, uh, a a comment towards the end of the game where he said, no, the refereeing has been very good in this game. It's just
1: the rules that are yeah. the problem. I, I tell you another really funny one was he goes to the sideline at one point and he said, I think it was, uh, I can't remember if it was Jonathan Thurston or Cameron Smith, he asked this. He said, is there, is there any word on if Benji Marshall's going to come on the field at any point? just as Benji Marshall received the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I do remember that. What the fuck are they doing? Uh, like, can they just call the game that they're watching and not the game they think is going on in their heads? Oh, no, they had just... That, that was rough. I've not yeah. had to go sit through Channel 9 commentary
0: all year because, you know, I barely saw any of the origin this year. Um, so, yeah, I've... I've not had to endure much of Channel 9 at all this year. And every time you watch it, you go, I can see where I've got Foxtel now. Mm -hmm. This is so shit.
1: (laughs) I will will say this, though. Ray Warren called the game pretty well. Yeah, he did. There's been been times where Ray Warren, you kind of thought, remember he retired three years ago, still calling games. But good luck to him, you know. But uh, he called the game pretty well. And then uh, I watched a lot of the coverage afterwards. And at one point, Channel 9 did a, like a five-minute advert saying how good Channel 9 was, which I thought was really weird. Only Channel 9 could do that. They're so far up their own ass. They think that that's a thing, you know?
2: <laughs>
1: oh, my God. That's uh, that's pretty Actually, We should do that. We should, yeah, we should do like a podcast where we talk about how good we are. We do like voiceovers and stuff. Yeah, and how yeah. about this podcast? <laughs> exactly. How about these blokes? We're not just the leaders. Yeah. We're the, we're the ones the leaders look towards. Yeah, we're the, just we're say, the leaders Push. of the leaders. Yeah.
0: We're the leaders. Is
1: We're the people that welcome the people that think they're first. Yeah, that's right. I love, I love that they, the they... I love that they think the term Wild World of Sports means something. It's like, hello, it's not 1978 anymore.
0: It was a good show back in the 80s.
1: It was in the 80s. Yeah, and even early 90s. It was a good show. When you had three channels.
0: Yeah. I I quite liked that back then. But, uh, yeah, it turned to shit. Now it's just a bunch of old blokes bitching and moaning. Yeah. And every now and then they'll get a, a female athlete on there it's like, just sit there and be pretty, love. Let the blokes talk. You're like, Jesus
1: Christ, what would you bother with that for? We need somebody that's an old up-themselves fuckwit who can just yell and scream and cry and who can wear a bandana. Yeah, that's right. Someone who can cover
0: all those boxes would be perfect. Mm. You can check at least you know, all by one of
1: those, we'll be fine with that. We can get you a bandana. I just had a thought. You know how OJ Simpson was nicknamed the Juice? Yeah. I was just thinking there's a, a panelist that goes on that that <clears throat> world of sports every so often who I think we should nickname the Juice. The Juice. Um, yeah. Former player? Yeah. I Premiership think you know winner? Yeah, I think you know who I'm talking
0: yeah, about. Yeah, state captain?
1: Yeah, I think you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I, 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 I I think I may have mentioned his name earlier. Yeah, I won a lot of money on him. Uh, because remember, remember, there was those years and he was like playing like Superman, like every he just was able to play for harder and longer than most other players found capable of. The best players in the world.
0: What and do you know reckon that of, was?
1: It's just <laughs>
0: spirit. Just <Yeah>. fucking <laughs> spirit. <laughs> That that um that little game
1: of entrapment didn't go didn't go too well. No, you tried. I tried. I tried. You're always trying to needle me, aren't you? Uh, just a little. See,
0: I, I thought, you know, fuck the garden pile. Let's just go straight for entrapment and see what happens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! But yeah, I, I want a lot of money on him getting man of the match in State of Origin's time after time, and yes, well, good something, something could come out of it. Yeah. Well,
0: you know. Obviously, you've used that uh, those winnings to prop up some Ponzi coin purchase. I have.
1: By the way, my Ponzi coin's going good, hey? Huh? Fantastic. Man, everything's just roses for you at the moment, isn't it? Well, I wouldn't say that, Andrew. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ponzi coin's going good. Your team's just won the grand final. Yeah. There are some good things that have happened this month. What uh, else is more important than that? Yeah. I I can't believe they're the premiers. I can't believe I get to, like, celebrate them being the premiers and be able to say, like, my team's the best team. It doesn't feel real. doesn't feel real? No. What you
0: should do is uh, see if you can get a bit of a uh, one-on-one with Ivan Mm. and just say, have you got any messages for the West Tigers fans?
1: (laughs) Wouldn't that be funny? (laughs) It's just like, just one last word. Have you got something to say to Justin Pascoe? Imagine yeah. if he just said, I Justin Pascoe. Go fuck yourself, buddy. <laughs> or if he oh. said something, what would, like, imagine imagine if you came out and said, the best thing I ever did in my life, even more important than having Nathan. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Was leaving
1: what he should do is just go and grab
0: Nathan's premiership ring. Yeah. Put it on the finger next to his own premiership ring. Mm-hmm. And then just go along to Pasco one day and say, Hey, Justin, what noise does a telephone make? And hold his hand up and go, ring, ring. ring, <laughs> ring, ring. <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: You don't get that joke. You don't have any, do you? <laughs> Fucking dickhead. Then just walk away. It would, at, uh, you just know that Justin Pascoe was pissed off tonight, eh? Oh, yeah. He was rage-watching the grand final. Yeah. yeah. You sit there uh, and go, a, a, at, least, at least we've got money in the bank. Yeah. Have to you seen our bottom player? line? Our bottom yeah. line's great.
0: Yeah. It, it helps when you've got a uh, a billionaire who's, who loves the club. You can just siphon a bit of coin off every now and then when things are going poorly. <laughs> just give him a few side jumpers. You'll be fine. Listen, outside of the football side of things, the football club is
1: going great. Yeah. Outside results and success, the club's going great guns. I know it doesn't. I, look, I know from an uneducated point of view, seems like the losing and the embarrassment and all of that, it doesn't look good. But when you know, it's actually going really good. Yeah. yeah. So long as I keep my job
0: then that's a good sign that everything's going well. Sure, I've put myself in a position where I can't
1: get sacked. But again, that's success, isn't it? One thing you got to know about Justin Pascoe, he doesn't have ups and downs. He's just kind of a chill guy, mostly because he has a job for life. Yeah. I wonder
0: if he likes coffee. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, a lot, of, a lot of coffee drinkers, they... Um, they sort of get on the same sort of plateau.
1: You're not going to Damien me are we, Maya?
0: God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's a good idea. Is that his number? <laughs> oh, Damien, <Demo>, buddy, mate. <laughs> mate. Mate. I've got a... I, I know a bloke. <laughs> not a few, actually. Hang on. I've got a long list. <laughs>
1: Oh shit!
0: That's an idea.
1: Well, I look forward to Justin Pasco sitting down and counting our uh, our crowds next year. That'll be cool. It'll be you know I was talking to Nadine the other day, and I was saying that I think the Panthers should get the team on an open top bus and just drive all around Western Sydney, and like put a uh, put the path that they're going to go down and and let people know we're going to all of these places. We're going to drive past with the trophy. I think that would be really cool. As long as no one fell off the bus, that would make it a but bit rough. I think they should spend three days yeah. driving around every
0: single street they possibly can in the whole Penrith region. Mm-hmm. And then once they've done that and they've exhausted that and they've got themselves enough grog on the bus mm-hmm. to help them to go through the next two days, they should then just get to Campbelltown drive around out there, in that whole region, the MacArthur region, that'd be good. And then head in towards, you know, Liverpool, Bankstown, Parramatta. You know, have a quick detour through Parramatta. Maybe head out the Roselle sort of way.
1: And then just turn the bus around and come back out again. Do you know, I saw it, that reminded me, I saw an article today that was on the ABC website, and they were talking about how the Panthers are a feel-good story in Western Sydney. Because according to the ABC, like – Western Sydney's basically Baghdad, you know, where, where a, a war-torn part of the world that nothing good ever happens in. And they were saying how, like, it's a feel-good story that the Panthers are going so well. And because if you go to Auburn, they've been in lockdown. And I'm thinking, fucking Auburn, that's not Panthers territory. <laughs> fucking people in Auburn don't care about the Panthers. They've got their own team.
0: <laughs> Do people in Auburn even watch Rugby League?
1: They might do, but like, like fucking or did it take me fucking fifty minutes to drive to Auburn. It's a fucking Western Sydney,
0: dumbcuts. Lockdown for we, was, we had an article in the uh, the stupid rag down here saying that you know we we've set the record for the most days in lockdown in the world. Mm, I saw that.
1: Yeah, it's been great. Well, at least the numbers of uh oh wait, they're exploding down there. So well, that's what that's what we do. You yeah. Know, we had the record, you pricks took it off us, so we went, well, you know, fuck you, we'll take it back. Coffee, art, and most lockdowns, and the record for uh for COVID cases.
0: Yeah. That's
1: All
0: what we do. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. We're just the best. <laughs> Just just ask them. <laughs> just ask them. Where's the best place to live? Victorians? <laughs> no, it's... it's definitely in Victoria, but I don't want to fucking live here in the dictator damn. We're leaving somewhere else. But they never leave.
1: The uh it, it's it's funny when we get listeners that are like, wait a minute, Andrew's in Melbourne.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um let, let's put it this way. I've uh I've got extensive knowledge of this area, hence why I don't
1: like it so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I reckon that the grand final will have rated its ass off. Hey.
0: Yes. Um. I'm also just reminded to of a uh a quote by mm-hmm. an esteemed rugby league journalist from a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Kent. Yes. I believe he said about Penrith. Um. They're done, thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thanks, Paul yeah, good work, oh man. Just thought I'd better get that in there can't, and, and get that on the record so no
1: one forgets, yeah, yeah, Paul can't he's uh if only he has the same he had the same foresight as Phil Gould does, yeah, or well, mind you, no one does no, nah, just
0: ask Phil Gould. If Nostradamus was still alive today, he'd look at at Phil uh, at Gould and just go, I think I might just go and do some
1: carpentry or something instead. If Nostradamus was alive today, Phil Gould would have known him when he was a young bloke. He would have taught him. Yeah, he would have taught him everything he knew. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the end of the NRL season, but we've got more footy coming up. Uh, we've got, the obviously, the Super League Grand Final. And then we've got some internationals over there in uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. I believe there was actually a game played last night between the Netherlands and Germany, which I'm pretty sure the Netherlands won pretty comfortably.
0: There was, yes. I didn't get a chance to watch that one, though, because uh um, nah. bloody tired. Um, so I missed that one. But, uh, yeah, I think there's still a few more to come, not just by England either, which is good. Uh, so we will try and tune into those as much as we can. Mm-hmm.
1: possibly even try and do some live episodes there because we haven't done one of those for a while. Yeah, and like other other podcasts, they stop. They have off-seasons. We don't believe in that bullshit. No, nah, we don't do off-seasons. No. Nah. Because we, we know that the people don't want us to have an off-season. Yeah, and I mean, the off-season is when we track who the West Tigers have signed for next year. <laughs> yeah, I mean... That hasn't even started yet. We're still, no. we're still in the current season. We've still got a couple of months before they start their recruitment drive.
0: That's right. And, and 2020, Hugh, doesn't start until the West Tigers have had a convincing win in the trials. Yeah, yeah. Then, That's when the new season starts. Yeah, yeah. I would be surprised if the Tigers play Penrith in the trials. Mm-hmm. And the Tigers beat Penrith like 48 to 20 or something like that in the trials. Mm-hmm. To fucking lock us down
1: for a premiership right there and then that will that game will reignite the grudge match?
0: Well, let's be honest. The grudge match is now cast in stone. It's never going to go away. Every match will now be a grudge match. Mm-hmm.
1: I know when I'm looking at next year's draw, when that comes out, I will circle where the West Tigers games are, and then I'll look at teams like, you know, the Bunnies and the Storm and that. Like, what happens when your team is the best? And you look at the te- like, if I'm thinking next year, who are the teams that I want to see us matched up against? That's a really good matchup. I obviously think the Storm, the Rabbitohs, I don't think will be as good next year. And then like the Eels, feel like we've we've got the wood over them. Like who who else do you sort of circle? Well, I mean, you are struggling against the Tigers, so clearly you need two games there.
0: Yeah. I mean, you needed two games this year to, to finally get a win against the Tigers. So that's a given. Maybe even three. Yeah, you know, actually, maybe four games against the Tigers. But let's just do the whole Super League approach and just have, you know what, let's just have fucking derbies every second week. Yeah, <laughs> we've, we've only got 12 teams. We should only be having 22 rounds, but fuck it. Let's have 29 rounds. Mm-hmm. Everyone plays each other twice and then just have another seven random games where we just play a derby again.
1: I was actually thinking about this during the the, uh, the week. If we got enough teams, you could play each other once, and then like just swap the home and away games back to back each season. You know, yeah, so exactly. say this this year the West Tigers have the home game. Next year the Panthers would have the home game, um, and would but I feel like people would still complain about that. Well, yeah, they would. Yeah, um, because
0: people like to complain by nature. It's just what they do.
1: Do they really do, don't they? Especially when the team's lost. Yeah. Well, I've got nothing to complain about right now because my team is the best rugby league club on planet fucking Earth. And so is mine. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. On the surface, my team seems like the best club on Earth, right? But that's only if you go by wins. Yeah, if you go um, by wins and um, facts, success. Yeah, facts,
0: statistics. Yeah, if, if you go by facts, yeah, Penrith, sure, they've won the grand, the grand final, the last match of the year, the biggest match of the year. Yeah, but unless you've unless you've got a positive record against every single team, are you really the best side in the competition? Good point. And as I said to said on Twitter, you know, the Tigers are still the best team. Someone just. Decided to remind me, oh, so what about this game against the Bulldogs with the Tigers lost 38 And The response to that is, well, that means that Penrith are not as good as the Bulldogs. Yeah. So now they've got two other teams they need to beat. You're a statistician. I can't argue with any of this. Yeah, they're just falling further and further down the list. I mean, why did they even play in the grand final? Exactly. What a waste of time. Um,
1: it's like the championship belt concept where you, you, you've got to win the belt.
0: Yeah, that's right, and now you've just got to unify them all. Yeah, all, all different weight divisions. Um, yeah, so I mean that's where we're at. I'm comfortable where... with that situation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop that. Yeah. Are you going to head down to the uh, the main drag around Penrith and catch up with all the players and get shit faced in public and all that sort of stuff tomorrow? I'm going to see. I
1: like. <sighs> I'm curious to see how this all works because how long is it going to take for the Panthers players and everyone to get back down here? I don't know. And then the club has surely got to do something, but what do you do? Because you can't really encourage people to come out. Although because the lockdown's coming out of being a lockdown soon, I guess there is some capacity for them to say like, they are able to do something. Do you do a parade down Mulgoa Road? I don't know. Um, If there is a parade or something, I'd probably do that. I tell you what, I'll keep an ear out because Nadine's right on top of all of the stuff that happens with the Panthers. So if she says to me, like, get your ass to Mulgoa Road in, you know, 20 minutes, I'll be doing that. So I'll be ready to rock and roll. But, um, yeah. yeah. And record some shit. Yeah, I will. I will. I'll
0: interview take some, some <laughs> drunken units.
1: <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. That could be a little bit scary, but I will try. My main, my main hope is that I could actually get there and get away without getting into a crash with the drunken idiot.
0: Yeah, that's a tricky one. Yeah. That's a tricky one.
1: That's um, the main one. Don't
0: know how you get around that. Maybe... Maybe just get a sneeze occasionally in public. That should at (laughs) least thin out the numbers of the
1: public a little bit. Just start coughing really hard. Imagine (laughs) 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 imagine oh,
0: COVID's playing up again.
1: Just double over coughing. Can you imagine (laughs) how many people would just get out your way? (laughs) There's an
0: idea. Yeah. That could work. I might try that on the train tomorrow.
1: (laughs) I can't believe that we won the premiership, Andrew. Holy shit. Yeah, it's pretty impressive,
0: pretty impressive. Um, I believe I did tip Penrith to win. You did. I tipped them as well. Yeah, I, I may have said it was going to be a bit of a wider margin, though. Or more high, more points scored. You said more points scored. I think, Ah, uh, man. I think I said of 22 to 18.
1: Yeah, yours was a little bit higher than I said from memory, but uh, maybe we can go back and have a look at that.
0: Uh, that's someone else's job now. Yeah. It's all part
1: Let's just forget about it like everything Paul Kent says. Exactly. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to do an Ask Kenty episode soon, yeah. That would be good, yeah. Ask. well, first question we could ask Kenty. Do you even watch the fucking games, bruh? Yeah. <laughs> Are your eyes painted on? <laughs> oh, by the way, I'm gonna have to buy a, a replica NRL trophy, I decided. Because I've got a replica NBA trophy. Mm. from from when the Rockets won their, their, their two titles, so I need an NRL one now. Yeah,
0: and you can just get three little plaques on there for the
1: three years that the Panthers won one title. That would be very cool, just hey?
0: Fuck everybody else's plaque off.
1: Yeah, yeah, just flick them off. Flick them into the bin. Yeah. Like the, flick them into the bin like they're fucking toenails. That's the way. Yeah. I like that theory. Alrighty. We've kind of rubbed it on a little bit towards the end.
0: Yep, it's been fun that's a good sign that we need to wrap this Turkey up. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well done on a premiership victory, mate. I know you may not think that you've done anything, but
1: you certainly did. Thank you. I, I take most of the credit as Um, you should, as you should. I I love that. There were so many people that, uh, congratulated me. Some of them who have heard me. Like basically ranting for hours at a time when the Panthers (laughs) were at their very worst, when they had Matthew Elliott as a coach. And so it was cool to see them message me and, and, and stuff like that. Um, it's weird. We've been doing the podcast when the Panthers have been pretty good. So it kind of hasn't come across on the, on the podcast, but I, I have sat through some terrible seasons. I remember sitting through every single game of the, the season when we won the wooden spoon spoon in 2001 and, we had a really bad team and I remember thinking, man, this sucks. And so I don't take any of this for granted. And I feel very blessed. And after what's been a, a, a rough probably month now, um, cause I lost Mason, uh, yeah. about, about a month ago. It's very suddenly my dog, Mason, who you heard on this podcast, um, Snoring. Yeah, you heard him snoring, yeah. In the and early days. Uh, that tore my heart out, but uh, this Panthers run has really been something pretty special. So,
0: yeah, that has been good. All righty. Well, uh, I'll let you go find out where you're going to get that replica trophy from.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I don't know. <laughs> if anyone's
0: got a suggestion, tell me. <laughs> if you if you can't find one, I hear there's one on the back of a car going
1: around Mulgoa Road, so you might be able to pick one up down there. It's not like the one that was around in the early nineties uh, that you found on the side of the road. Remember? I think the I think the
0: top half part of it is. <laughs> yeah. It's probably still got the scratches on it from where it landed on the ground.
1: Remember remember they wrapped the bottom of it in like a t shirt or a towel or something?
0: Is it's is it wrapped in a towel so that no one could see that they they lost the bottom half of it. <laughs>
1: Fucking brilliant. Oh shit. The stories that trophy could tell. I know right. It's kind of weird that it's now different trophies like everyone gets a trophy yeah it's a bit disappointing really isn't it it, part of it is but i get it i was actually man this podcast is gonna go for three hours i was watching a video about the uh stanley cup and how the, the they had the main trophy and then they had a replica trophy made of it but they're very careful about like keeping the integrity of the replacement trophy as something that people look up to and things like that is really cool. But at the same time, it's cool to go into a leagues club or somewhere. I saw that the one that the West Tigers won in their demountable um, and it like to see the the trophy that they won, it is cool. It is very cool. So I yeah. can't be too upset about that. No, that's right. I, I do
0: get fascinated though, by the fact that these trophies made out of metals are handle with such careful hands and they're so gentle
1: with them. So, it, is it really worth winning if it's that fragile? It's not that much of a cup, is it? It's like the America's Cup was like that and then someone beat the shit out of it. And so, that was a bit of a problem. And then we had, the, of course, the Rugby League World Cup trophy, which was found in a ditch. Well, let's be
0: honest, that thing's been treated like shit for a long time. Oh, it
1: really? It's has. Found in someone's attic. It <laughs> got lost in the mail in Australia. Someone found it in a ditch and thought, "Oh, it's a wrestling trophy." Yeah. And they started drinking around and then they
2: found out
1: oh, it's the Rugby League World Cup. <laughs> That's something. By the way, Andy, Andy Marzullet, right? He won our tipping competition. Andy, we got something that we're sorting out for you. Oh yeah, man. We're gonna look after you. We haven't forgot you, man. No, no, no.
0: You might have to wait a little bit. Yeah. But. It's going to be worth it, buddy. It really will. It really will. It's very cool what we're going to do. Absolutely. Um, right. We should just wrap this one up. Everyone knows where to get in touch with us. will let you all go to bed, enjoy um, Penrith's victory, and uh, we'll have another episode coming up sometime probably later this week. We sure will go the Mighty Panthers champions.